In a world where geek is now chic, what was once deemed nerdy or geeky has become fashionable. What used to be odd and different is now part of mainstream culture. The way we consume our entertainment has changed with the advent of new and meaningful technology. Comic books are no longer stories just for kids. They've become all-age entertainment with mature subject matter, rivaling the depth of the very best novelists. They've become a driving force behind a large portion of American entertainment. Costuming has gone from being a small but loyal subculture to a highly visible art form thanks to science fiction and comic book conventions that celebrate cosplay and fandom. Thanks to Marvel, DC, Star Wars, Star Trek, and many others, the movie landscape has changed forever. Through Doctor Who, Game of Thrones, The Walking Dead, and more, once genre shows are now mainstream rating giant. We are a podcast that looks at the comic book culture. We are a podcast that talks about the cosplay community. We are a podcast that can't help but dissect the movies and shows we watch. We are. We are. We are. The Galaxy Cast. Galaxy Cast fans, welcome to this episode of the Galaxy Cast. I have with me three people in the studio tonight. I have with me, I have with me Eric the Artist, Perry Dodge Spin Ha Thrust. I have with me Gary the Stud. Uh, I think that's me. And I have <laughs> Bob Crispin, your host, who is losing it. Okay, so you, you gotta have it to lose it. Bob. <laughs> well, you're right. You're right. I, I you, lost it a long lost time it. ago. Lost. So we have lots to talk about with you tonight. We have three main stories we want to hit up on. We want to talk about the Lord of the Rings Amazon TV series. That's right. You're hearing that correctly. I can't believe I've even been saying that. Mm-hmm. We're going to talk about the New Mutants movie and the huge shift that that movie has made. And, of course, what would the Galaxy cast be without talking about Star Wars? And more importantly this time, a Star Wars story, the solo movie. So first we want to hit up the... Major breaking news this week about on the TV front that B. Amazon is probably the TV news, quite honestly. B. B. Right. B. It's billion. Billion dollar. B. Yep. 200 and what? How, well, the deal is said to be close to 250 million. But to, my understanding is. Just to acquire is, the rights. Just to acquire the rights. <laughs> so my understanding is the assumption is it's going to cost them $1 billion with a B, to produce the show. Every time I say that, all I can think of is Dr. Evil going, this show's going to cost $1 billion. <laughs> you know, like, I kind of feel like that's what I should be saying when I'm doing this. A billion dollars to produce a TV show through Amazon. First off, I'm like, that's crazy. Yeah. The dollar figure by itself is absolutely crazy. I just want to say something. That, yeah, uh, go ahead. We all got the memo. What's that? We're Richard. 
Oh, that's right. <laughs> How did we do that? If you're, yeah, if you're watching on video, you'll get this. Like, look at that. We're all there wearing we pretty much the same color red, too. That's the weird thing. Like, it's yeah. pretty close to the same. Yeah. What? Wow. How did we manage that one? I don't know. I, I guess we're representing Star Trek. Today. I do. I do. It's Friday the 13th. Underneath, maybe. though, I got my Atari shirt on. There, there you go. Here. There, there's the Atari shirt. I'm going old school with uh, that mic's in the way. There we go. Atari shirt. <laughs> I'm thinking maybe because it's Friday the 13th, we figured if we're going to bleed, we might as well look like we're bleeding, you know? Yeah. So far, knock on everything, nothing horrible has happened to me today. <laughs> so, Lord of the Rings becoming a massive multi-million dollar, close to a billion dollar, not only, like, commitment to the show. Commitment to five seasons. Five seasons, multiple seasons. Nothing's made, no one's cast, stories haven't right. even been written. Five seasons. Without a script even yet. I'm kind of like, this <laughs> This is crazy. And my understanding is, too, they have a time frame on this. They're, they have to start production within the year, I believe it is, yeah. correct? Well, think about this, and we know why they're timing it the way they are. When does the next season of Game of Thrones start? Well, in about a year. About a year. <laughs> and when does that end? Uh, How long will that season? It's a short season. It's a short Fair, season, isn't it? It's going to be a short season, so probably half, so, seven weeks. Yeah, something like so that. Yeah. So they're going to do that, and they want to have commercials for this new series playing while well, advertising it when Game of Thrones is coming. Do you to, really to think that's that's the plan? We'll see here? commercials by then for it starting like within nine months. It won't be the show won't be starting, but they will have commercials going by the time Game. Do you of really think HBO would? Well, HBO doesn't run commercials though, do they? No, I'm just saying in general, Amazon is going oh, to have advertisement saying. ready and in place so, okay. by the time Game of Thrones I, is ending. So right. they're catching them on the tail, and everyone starts riding getting the coattails of the nine months of... until until Lord of the Rings, you know, or whatever. I, I'll guarantee it. That's the way it's going to happen. I, I have mixed feelings about the whole idea. I mean, first off, I like the Lord of the Rings. See, to me. I like Lord of the Rings. And I know there's a lot of people, including Gary, who think it's a really stupid movie about dropping a ring in a volcano. Right. Am I wrong? Am I wrong? Yes. Okay. So we're also, so, also going to get a hand raised. I know. My wife. wife's raising her hand over there going, yes. Okay. So she feels the same way that Jason Mewes feels, which is like, it's a stupid movie about a dumb ring that people throw in a fire. It's not a big deal. Okay. Right, right. So I get that. I understand. But to me, I, it's a, in the books, there's so much more to Here's it the other than thing. that. You know? Lord of the Rings is a downright miracle of world building before Correct. world building was a thing. Right. This started the fantasy world building the way we Correct. know it today with the depth, the whole languages, the histories, the backstory that's never even told in the books, but you could go farther if you want down the rabbit hole. This was, that's and, what made this amazing. And think about the, the, the phrases and words that Tolkien mm-hmm. originated. <clears throat> He was the first one to use wizard. He was the first one to use... Was he? He was. Yes. This, the, he originated the word wizard because that's what Saruman and I have to look that Gandalf up. were. They I were can't wizards. believe there were no wizards before. Believe it or not, not the word wizards. There were spell casters. He right, also used right. other references to it, but never used the W word, the wizard word. So he was the first one to use that. Tolkien was the first one to use orcs as a word. That I could believe. He was the first one to obviously use hobbits. I mean, that, well, that's yeah, he pretty... He invented the hobbit. He invented the hobbit. Which uh, is now actually an officially recognized species correct. in Indonesia, I think it was. Correct, yeah. Of, of a race that they of call, a race the, they that call the hobbit. Habits, right, because of the the, the, the shortness, stoutness found. of it, yeah. yeah, yeah, and so you know, I, I the fact that Tolkien had that big of an impact on the world, but now you're talking about a huge TV show that, to me, okay, so I love the movies. That first off, I gotta say, there is not a Lord of the Rings movie mm-hmm. I've not liked so far. I mean. Oh, do, I, do they ha- do they miss parts of the books? Yes, yeah. I'm not gonna sit here and tell you they're perfect, I, but I they're thoroughly not. But, enjoyed the original trilogy, the okay. the 
the Lord, Lord Fellowship, Fellowship the two, towers two Towers Return. Thought it was great. great. Thought it was epic. Thought it was w- well cast. Amazing scenes. Went and saw them in the theaters. Had a great. blast. Saw all the Hobbit in the theaters. I will admit, the Hobbit seemed a little long. It definitely went way off course from great. the books. They added a lot of extra stuff in. But um, it didn't ruin the books for me. I was still thoroughly entertained by what it was. Have it, you have you read the Silmarillion like ever? I haven't like, read the Silmarillion. No. So there's, I'll give you a list sometime. There's some chapters of Silmarillion that if you read it, you would understand why they did yeah, what they, they added did. It to the, he was. They right, said they, he was taking stuff. From right. Those. They literally went through timeline wise and figured out what part of the Silmarillion would have happened in the Hobbit, and so they added that into the Hobbit movies. Mm-hmm. It took me a little bit to figure that out too, because I was like, you going, wait a minute, this isn't. We're off track here, like. Well, you know, apparently, there's yeah, well, apparently there's the a necromancer, necromancer was not supposed to be in there it at all. It wasn't you know supposed to be. I mean? it, apparently, even according to Tolkien, it wasn't S- Sauron, the necromancer. Right. They kind of did that for the movie. They said, hey, Correct. that ties well. Let's make that necromancer that Gandalf's going to look into well, be Sauron. Tolkien had plans on even more books down the road, which <clears> he never <throat> got to, and his son never got to. And then the necromancer was supposed to be the next big baddie yeah. who had come up. Sauron was the first one, and then there was right. supposed to be a bigger one, and there was supposed to be even a bigger one than, <clears throat> than that that was supposed to be running, running the world. Which, so. by the way, they announced this week, there's a new Tolkien book coming out this summer. Is there really? It is the last one based off of his writings that has been okay. edited and put together by his son. Huh. And it's called The Fall of Gondolin, I think. Okay. Do you know what Gondolin is? Uh, it's part of the Cimmerillion. It's an older, uh, Gondolin city. is the, well, it, it is an older city. It, it's the heaven that the elves <clears> believe <throat> in. So when they all left on the boat and they, they left the shores of the West, mm-hmm. they were going to Gondolin. Is that that's, what they were? Okay. Yeah. So that's, it's probably the end of the elvish, uh, I think, heaven, that, I think that was the title was the fall of Gondolin. That would but, make sense. It would, it would fit <clears> in with that, that yeah, universe. But apparently sure. that's coming out, uh, end of summer. Huh, I did not know that. Wow, I got a book to look forward to. Yep. Yay. The cover's great. It's done by the same painter who does a lot of the Hobbit books. Okay. So it immediately has that feel like you've picked it up in the Looks 70s. like it fits right yeah, in. Yeah, you're like, oh, right away. Bang. That's so cool. Now, I mean, beyond the books itself, I'm excited about the idea that they might tie some of this in. Now, the big thing that people need to keep in mind is this. they have said this is not a rehash of the movies. They're not no. going to change the movies. <laughs> They're not changing the Hobbit. They're not changing Lord of the Rings. It's... it's telling stories outside of that prior to the fellowship now my assumption is because the hobbit and the fellowship kind of but ends up to get each other well the hobbit is 60 years before fellowship is it 60 years before bilbo's young and he's an that's older right, man that's by right. the time there was, so i'm wondering I think if it's 60 i'm wondering if it's in between or if it's going to be like around the time of the hobbit that, so it, it could be they just say it's before fellowship be is what right they said. They, notice they're not even mentioning the hobbit here so i'm wondering if they're gonna like kind of we parallel could, the Hobbit for a little mm-hmm. bit and then get into the depending the on rights issues and stuff. We could see the history of Smaug, right? We absolutely. could see background on him. We could see all sorts of stuff. Well, we could see where the ring went prior to it being <clears throat> Smeagol's. That's mm-hmm. the other, I think, interesting thing. I also think that one thing they could explore quite a bit is the rings, the, the nine rings yep. that stuff went to that the men. The very, the, very, very liberally touched on in, right, in the in, movies. In the Fellowship, they barely even, yeah. like, they just basically explain there's all these rings out there, here you go, you know, but they didn't really explain why. Like, why did Sauron hand these rings out? There was a reason, but they never yeah. explained it, so they definitely could, could explore that. It's an insane budget. <laughs> I mean, just insane. And part of me says, this is quite... A commitment by Amazon. Now, you, you pointed out, Eric, you, and rightfully how so. Much, yeah, how much is the owner of Amazon worth? <laughs> Hold on, I'm going to look that up. It's crazy. It's, 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 I'm pretty sure it's in the trillions, I believe. I, I might think be wrong. he is officially a trillionaire. Right. But I'm, I'm not pretty sure, sure he is, too. 
So I mean, part part of what we were saying is is Amazon could almost afford to absorb <laughs> some of this. I'm not sure. Okay, they no, I'm sorry, I was wrong. But according according right now to Google, the right. Amazon CEO Jeff Bezos, his net worth on Monday. <laughs> <laughs> was $104 billion. So he is taking one one-hundredth one of his personal value could cover this entire this series. This entire series, right. They've got the money to do this series. Wow. I would have thought he's actually worth more than that. <clears throat> I can't believe I'm saying that. Well, the way the stock market goes up and down, his this value changes probably, yeah, probably by, from day to day. Probably by 20, 20 billion, billion up and down, yeah. I'm sure for him is no big deal. <laughs> Think about this. The Tolkien estate, HarperCollins, they're in a great situation here, which if it works out in their favor, could be huge for them. Now, at the and same time... And Netflix didn't get this. Hulu, Hulu wasn't going to get this. They're right. not in enough commitment. But Netflix could have got this with their power. They're just not Amazon. They don't Correct. have that money behind them. And then on top of that, they've <laughs> recently won a lawsuit. A lot of people don't know about that. Against... I forget the name of the company that, that produced the video games. And they claimed there was a, a, a copyright infringement and all sorts of stuff going on. Uh, for that. Plus, there was a lawsuit about Lord of the Rings itself, right? What, what was that all about, Gary? I think you said something about it earlier. What's that now? The the lawsuit between it's New Line Cinemas and the Tolkien family, right? What was that about? No, was, there's um, all I remember reading was there's a eighty million dollars settlement. Okay, between the two, right? And I, I think part of that was because they they used part of the book they weren't supposed to, or something weird along that lines, like. That's the weird thing I don't understand about the Tolkien estate. Like, they put all these restrictions on people who use their product. And I'm kind of like, you know, at least George Lucas, when he hands a product over, or even Disney, when they hand a product over, they let you dabble in the, you know what I mean? There's not really too many restrictions on what you do. They're usually pretty open to any ideas. And the Tolkien estate seems very like, well, nope, not going to do that. You've got to do this. You here's know? the difference now. This series. There's a lot of talk that this series is going to be new stories. Yes. Completely new, written by newer authors. Correct. Play, playing in the Tolkien Playing in the Tolkien universe. world. Yeah. Which, I, I like this idea. <clears throat> I mean, we need to open up the Tolkien universe, I think, a little bit. The estate needs to chillax a little bit and let people dabble in this. It's just there's a lot of pressure to tell stories that feel like they fit. I mean, you can't... I get what you're saying, yeah. You can't... You've got to find authors who know this stuff, who are really... Now, here's my question. Five seasons, right? <clears throat> How many episodes do you think will be in a season? Uh, average like on Amazon series, Prime shows, what's the average? Uh, I know Netflix. I just don't know Amazon. Amazon Prime is is, diff- is weird. Some could be short. Some could be long. I right. mean, I think you're going to get probably an average of about 16 per season. I was going to say maybe 13 to 16. Yeah, and it's like going to depend on cost. I mean, obviously right. HBO could do what they want. You could have short seasons of Game of Thrones and long seasons of Game of Thrones. Right. Netflix can also vary. I mean, think about it, though. Stranger Things are only eight episodes per season. Is it really only eight? Yeah, Gosh, only they feel so much longer than that. <clears throat> so these are not like network TV shows that do 22 episodes a season. And you're not going to get that out of this series either. And you're then gonna... there's the Marvel Netflix shows that feel like 48 yeah. episodes yeah. and are 13. <laughs> so 48 episodes and it's two. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, yeah, it's – I'm willing to bet that these seasons will average somewhere the 10 to 15 length. Which will be interesting, you know. I mean, they might be great little storylines. I don't know. It'll, it'll be interesting to see where they go with this. And, and I heard that the last season of Game of Thrones is going to be two-hour episodes. So, oh yeah, each of the oh, episodes I, that is doesn't surprise yeah. me at all. They're like all movies. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, come on. I mean, I, they could have done that in this past season, to be honest. I just, I just read somewhere that right now they've been filming for that last season. They've spent fifty-five days on a battle sequence. Yes. Yeah. Oh yeah. Movie shoots. Right. 
are like 70 days long. Right, yeah. They've spent 55 on a battle sequence. Well, and they said this is going to be – this is the big dragon sequence that – And it's going to make the Battle of the Bastards look like uh, – Yeah, I guess like it was a small like – like yeah. Like a little league game. Yeah. <laughs> I'm thinking all – I think in every realm has to come into this one. Like yeah. in every way, shape, or form, There's every family is going to be involved in it. Which will be awesome. I mean, I can't wait to see that. Hopefully by the time this comes out a year from now, I can actually catch up on the series. <laughs> It'd be nice to watch it with everybody So else. what do you guys think? Is this a winner or a loser here? Does, do you think Lord it's, of the Rings could <clears throat> make money back from this? Like, is Amazon, is this like a huge play by them? And the, like, It's like, a huge play. Let's say five years from now, we look back and go, oh my gosh, I can't believe Amazon made such an amazing call or are we gonna look five years from now and go oh my gosh i can't believe they blew a billion dollars on a problem is it all comes down to the writing yeah until until we hear who's writing these until we hear what they're casting until we get a sense of like you said how many episodes per season so we kind of get a sense of budget are these gonna be like movie quality if they come out with a with a series that is like a lot of talking heads sitting in a fancy room with a table like you know (laughs) like some of the movies like some of the movie it's gonna be like People might not be into it. It's, right. it's it, They can't duplicate Game of Thrones with Lord of the Rings because they're not the same property. I agree. So they do have to give it its own feel, and it's it's a massive undertaking. So it's going to be interesting to see, but I think it's just there's no way to tell until the writing hits. Right. And, and the, other Gary, thing, Go ahead. the thing I'm thinking is, is if you don't have any of the major major characters in it, you're going to lose some, some audience members that way. Well, I was thinking about that. And even though this takes place before Lord of the Rings... Who was alive before Lord of the Rings? Well, Gandalf was, at you've, least. You've got some characters they may be able to at least hint at. And you could do it the other way. Even though they're saying it takes place before the Lord of the Rings, there's no reason they can't start an episode with a 100 years later. Right. And there's old King Ar- uh, Aragorn, you know, right. about to pass away on his throne. And they pay a lot of money to have, I can't think of his name all of a sudden. Viggo Mortensen. Viggo Mortensen come in and do a cameo. And bam, you got everyone wanting to watch that episode. And you pull people in. I remember when the young Indiana Jones Chronicles was on TV, when they were mm-hmm. able to pull Harrison Ford in for one episode yep. where he played Indian flashbacks. I remember that, yeah. Everybody watched that. It might have been not good, but everybody all of a sudden watched that season. It was they, the most watched episode. Of they that. can pull stuff yeah. like this with that. I think they, you know, with their money. You're right. I think it's going to be hard for a lot of actors to be like, you know, you're, you're going to get uh, Mary and Pippin. They're not going to be like, oh, okay, I won't take that money. Right, right. <laughs> you're going to get some people who well, can make I'm, I'm not saying it that way. I'm just saying that the, the actual characters that they're going right. to be. The main, I get main, what you're the main yeah. characters in the TV show, if they're not the ones that are like, you're not going to see a Gimli and pairing up with Gimli and Legolas. Legolas. Not this is not going to happen. Right, I, mean, I, I understand that. But what I'm what I'm getting at is like with Star Wars. Right. All right. A lot of reasons why people don't like like Rogue One. They couldn't associate with the characters in it because it right. wasn't the stars. It right. wasn't. I the get what you're saying. Yeah. But here's I don't. If these are going to be new stories, they've got to write their own compelling characters. They're right. going to have to build within the world, so it's tough. But I'm, I'm not saying that they're going to. It's going to flop. I'm just saying that you're going to lose some of your audience members because yeah. they don't know them. Yeah. Those especially the ones saying. from the movies. And especially they're trying to tie it into a series without having those people in it. So you're trying to tie in without it. Although part of me is sitting here saying, because as we were talking, I'm going, yeah, but there's also this. There's a lot of characters in Lord of the Rings that are CGI generated. Like Treebeard. Like a Nazgul, right? So you could potentially use those as tie-ins. Yeah. Those particular characters that are like CGI generated. That could be your tie-in. That, that, that would do absolutely nothing for me. Really, you don't think? Well, I think Treebeard would be a huge. No, nope, no, nope, just, just, just you got to look at it as my perspective. I've never read the books. I get what you're saying. All right, I, all I know of Lord of the Rings is from the cartoon that was back in the 80s. I think it was. <laughs> Actually, where which was there's a, really, a whip. 
There's but, a way. But I want to say, I know a lot of people rip on that cartoon. It was really well produced for its time. Oh, yeah, yeah. And it was pretty accurate to the books, too. A lot of people don't understand that. The Battle of the Five Armies in that cartoon is very the accurate. Battle of the Five yeah. Armies. Even though when they show the wide shots, it's a brown field with a bunch of little dots and some <laughs> dust yeah. clouds. Yeah. Anyway, I'm sorry, Gary. I didn't but the, no, I only know them from the movies and that cartoon. I right. never read the books or nothing. All right. Yeah, you're going to throw a Nazgul in there or a tree bird? Whoopee. Yeah, I get it. All right. And there's going to be a lot of people, he's saying, to like that. And they're going to be. There's a lot right. of fans who never read the books. Right. You know, how many people watch the Captain America and the Marvel movies and that had absolutely no idea of what, what the what comic books are at? Quite yeah, a few. You're right. It's a, it's a valid point, I guess I hadn't thought of, Gary. So, um, I mean, the other part of it, too, that I'm sitting here sit- saying to myself is, okay, so, yeah, you could have those tie-ins, you could have those things, but, um, you know, if you make references to places in the book... If people haven't read the books, you know, like there were more places than Mordor and, and, but if you don't know anything about the sister city to Minas Tirith, like I'm forgetting it right now. And if you don't know anything more about Helm's Deep, that there was more to it than that. There was a city near Helm's Deep. And so like all these things that they didn't, and like part of me sitting here going like they missed Tom Bombadil. I, I always got mad about that in the movies because he was my favorite character in the books. They never covered him or in the, in the book they covered him, but in the movies, they never covered him at all. He was the first guy they met while they were out in the road, the Fellowship. And part of me says, you could put him into this show, mm-hmm. but then he's out of context. You know what I mean? Like, I would get it. I'd be like, oh my gosh, Tom Bomb, it'll great. You know, and a bunch of people would be like, who the heck is that? And I don't care. You know what I mean? So unless you read the books, and I get that's what you're saying, Gary, right. is we could make those tie-ins and certain people will completely geek out on it. And others of us will be like, so what? I don't the other thing you know? they can do is there are gaps in... Tolkien lore that were never covered in the movies. Correct. For example, there are, is it five wizards? Yes. We've only met brown, white, and gray. Correct. There are the two others, which I can't remember who the, what they're, colors they are. Chartreuse and yellow. There's a green and a yellow. Correct. And we've never heard, they weren't mentioned in the books. You know about them, but they were never right. really covered. Maybe they were covered in the Sumerian. I don't think they were. Because uh, green was supposed to be for like the forest and having contact <laughs> with. No, that was brown because that was Radagast. Well, but, but Radagast. Well, he, was, he was animals. Animals, okay. right. The, the forest one was supposed to be contact with like plants and stuff like that, trees and stuff like that. And then the yellow was supposed to actually be in contact with like the sun and the sky and stuff like that. So like a bright, bright yellow, sunshiny day. So, those, so there's yeah. two wizards that Correct. have never that been touched never on. Never even got touched on. And that could be a great thing for them to say, "Hey, we're gonna we're gonna go into right. that realm." And, yeah. and people, I've never read the books. I've read uh, I've read The Hobbit and I read like most of the Fellowship, and then I kind of fell away and I never got to the <laughs> other two, which I plan on fixing. Every summer, I say I'm gonna sit down and read the series. <laughs> I don't, but I even know about those characters just because right. I'm interested in kind of lore and stuff like that. That's something they could touch on that I think would attract a lot of people. And yeah. it's, it's oh, yeah. open to them. They don't have to worry about stepping on the toes of other things that came before. And, and you could – I mean even in the movies, they reference like Gimli's brother and, yeah. his, and his cousins. And they reference uh, the, the brothers and cousins of Legolas in both The Hobbit and uh, Lord of the Rings. So, I mean there is the possibility of t- – well, I agree with you, Gary. I know what you're saying. Like – Again, to people like me who geek out on Lord of the Rings, be totally into that, but people who aren't. But I guess that's the – I've always said that's the problem with anything based on a book. Harry Potter, Lord of the Rings, I mean all these kinds of things. The people who read the book, they're going to geek out on it. They're going to totally go crazy. And then the people who haven't read the book are kind of like, eh. 
I mean, I got to be honest. I've never read any of the Harry Potter Mar- books. Here's the thing, though. Marvel cracked that code. They did. Because the mo- I think the majority of did. people seeing these movies, because they're making way more money than the comics ever do. You're right. Are, are crowds that don't know the books, but they got into the characters. Somehow, Marvel, I mean, granted, that's... I'm not sure that's the case, though. I, I, I tend to disagree. I think a lot of the people who've gone to these movies have at least read some of the comic books. I'm not saying like they were total like right, right, grab right. every Captain America comic book ever, but I think they've read enough Captain America to come into the theater yeah, knowing they, before they, they got there. You know yeah, what I know, mean? Know what Captain America's about right. and what Iron Man's about. I, I think a lot of people would be surprised. I think what it did was it, it took it took mainstream comic book viewer or readers and it put it on a screen so that we could finally kind of, this sounds awful, but like come out of the shadows and be like, Hey, I'm a normal person like everybody else that's into these cool things. Right. And I think it's it's mainstreamed something before that was kind of looked down upon. You know, I, I was just talking about that. Like when I read when I was a kid, reading comic books was that English teachers didn't let you do that in school. That was right, like nice. frowned upon, you know? Now at my school, they will let you read anything. I mean, like if you want to read comic books, you want to read anime, bring it into school, you can read it. Oh yeah, yeah. That was not I mean, the case are, when I was are, in school. I go into certain parts of the library and they've actually got sections now of, you know, this is the anime right. section, this is the yep. comic graphic novel yep. section. So Yeah, I mean, and that's that's the thing. Like even even school libraries are starting to do that. There's actually yeah. comic book sections in my school library. That's what I'm at school I, Which is great. I I'm 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 happy about that. I can't believe it took us this long to get to that point. That's yeah. the part that bothers me a little bit. All right, let's talk about our next subject. This is this is interesting. <clears throat> it's come out that Fox has pushed back or delayed the release of the New Mutants. I got this one. Okay, go Let ahead. Let me give them the rundown. Go ahead. We discussed this a couple weeks back. New, we um, actually, a couple months, I believe, now. Right, it is. New Mutants trailer came out. All three of us watched it, got into it, because we're like, that's weird. That's a horror movie. Right. What is this? You don't even know it's a New Mutants trailer. Right. I didn't see any superpowers. I saw a scary movie in an asylum with a bunch of teenagers. Right. It's the New Mutants. It's based on the the, the, the spirit bearer we learned. We got all psyched about it. One of the best comic storylines. Cool. Everyone's into it. Comes out now that the movie has suddenly been pushed back over a year. Why, you may ask? Well, it turns out that that trailer was very unrepresentative of what the movie actually was. As is the case most times, a trailer is cut together not by the company that produced the movie, but by a company that's hired to cut together trailers. They took certain elements, really played up the horror angle, and it isn't what the movie is. But with the success of It, with It being a popular horror movie and making tons of movies, or tons of money, and with people being really interested by that New Mutants the trailer that looked right. like a horror movie. Well, lo and behold, guess what's happening? They are going back. They have a finished movie in the can. Yeah, they're going. To go. They're going back and shooting over fifty percent of this movie again. Reshoots to make it match a teaser trailer. Right. So wrap your head around that, people. A teaser trailer with a certain tone that didn't match a movie at all is now forcing the entire movie to change to match the teaser trailer. And, and here's my ultimate question. Okay, so I got two thoughts to this, but let, let, here's my first question. Should a movie ever use a teaser trailer as a guidepost for its final shots? I mean, like, that's really the question here, isn't it? Yeah. Because the teaser trailer is what guided this one. And part of me says, that should never happen. Like, whoever comes up with a teaser trailer, like you said, is usually an independent <clears throat> company... We should not be listening to those people or even the audience that's watching that teaser trailer. Correct. Because it's just that. It's a teaser. That's it. You know what I mean? Part of me said that was kind of a joke. I thought, really, like, 
they were playing the horror element, but part of me said, okay, haha, I get it. Yeah. You know, you're trying to grab my attention. You win. You know, like, that's why when we were talking about it, I was kind of like, well, I don't think it'll, the final right. product I was be waiting that. for the next trailer to come out to have it to play up a right. different tone of the movie. Right. And be like, oh, okay, they're kind of making trailers that hit different tones. Right. I thought that's what they were going to do. Or they're trying to grab different audiences from yeah. different angles and, and get different people to come in and Which see Which is it. a great marketing ploy that could possibly work. It could, could. backfire. because could if also that's, backfire. If right. that's all they see, they like this, right. they think that's what the movie's about. But I'll guarantee you, this is the suits. This is the people behind the scenes and the money who don't care about the artistic representation of what was written or directed. They're going, hey, it made way more money than we expected. Right. Hey, our horror-looking trailer got tons of publicity and attention. Oh, well, guess we're making a horror movie now because we want the money. And right. that's, that's the worst part is a vision is being co-opted because they want to follow a trend. And it's going to flop, in my opinion, for doing that. It had its own... <clears throat> following it had its own cult following before it even it, came out exactly that's why it made so much money but that went back to books too i mean like exactly it went back to stephen king stephen king i was just about to say if you were a stephen and king fan you've been dying for the right it movie which has not come out sorry the 1980s hit not a hit <laughs> um and and <clears throat> this movie made it you know yeah they they actually put a stephen i haven't king, watched it yet but i got it i haven't yeah. watched it yet. oh it, i enjoyed it it was <laughs> yeah. a good movie but they actually took a, a Stephen King novel and put it in the theaters right. with the proper way of doing it. In the the, just to get off subject for just a second. That's okay. It was a good movie, but it so reduced the lore and the, okay. the, the scale of the book right. down to a very small segment that I, if you read the book, you enjoyed the movie, but I think you were disappointed with what they made it feel like. Okay. <clears throat> Have you read it? I have read it. Have yes. you read it? I've read most of it. Yes. The book feels like a, it talks about what is it like to have a whole town haunted and right. this thing that can influence everything for millennia practically. I mean, right. it feels big. Right. The movie feels like, hey, there's a shapeshifter that's attacking kids. I mean, okay. that's what it reduced it down to. I get because what you're they kind of had to. Now, maybe part two expands on that. Right. But right now, it felt like it was a very simple creature that could just shapeshift and it attacked kids. And right. that's kind of what it became. Which is the essence of the book. I'll give you that. It, it, that's, that's if you, but like you said, there's a bigger yes, overarching a, story you behind that. And you yeah. didn't feel that. I didn't anyway. So that was my disappointment. It was a great movie. But, I could see why it was a success. It was very entertaining. But but maybe they also were planning <laughs> on a part two all along. And they that were. maybe was the thought process. <clears throat> and I'm, I'm hoping that. I'm hoping that. But here's the thing. And here's, here's the one I'm wondering. I'm going to pose this one to you guys. Do you think Fox is dragging their feet now on this project on purpose? Because they really don't want to produce this movie. And maybe they don't like the one they put in the can. And they figure, well, Disney is going to purchase us anyway. So we'll just drag our feet for a year and a half. Year and a half in quotes. And Disney gets to deal with the fallout of whatever. They can either release it or just choose to can can the whole project. What do you think? Is that a possibility of what they're doing here? Probably. I was going to say, that is not a bad assumption of a potential when i when i saw that storyline that's that's why i said i wanted to talk about this on the podcast because it was like part of me wanted to say they're they're trying to I'm say if they're dragging their feet on purpose yeah this doesn't we don't want this to be our problem and if you noticed the information about the rising phoenix too have you heard about that oh yeah the phoenix movie yeah so what recap. it's been pushed back now yeah, too yeah. nine months so why wouldn't they i mean i would push it back nine months too and give it to disney and be like well it's yours either you can continue on with it or you bought it all. It's yours. Yeah. Good luck. You know what I mean? Like they don't have to care at that point. They already, and that's where we were talking earlier about like this whole 
buying up of Fox. Has it happened? Hasn't it happened? And I think it has happened. <clears throat> and I think that all of this is being done to keep that under wraps right now. Yeah, I think I think you think Marvel Marvel slash under Disney Correct. is saying, okay, well, well, now we have our new mutants, so we can bring them into the fold. Now we have our X-Men, X-Men. so we can bring them into the fold. We're going to be bringing back the Fantastic Four. All this is setting up our next stage when we lose all our big characters. Yeah, phase so, seven or all whatever that's, it's going to be. All that's know? in planning, mm-hmm. and these other companies are kind of going, okay, wait, wait it out. Right. And I'm wondering if there's like a gentle, like almost an under the table handshake gentleman's agreement here that Fox is just basically going to slowly go off into the night and not do these. There, there are two movies so held that back. Disney, so. Right. So that Disney could go in and, and, and really. And I, I really think <clears> that this is going to be answered for us in like two weeks. I think when, I, agree I think you. when Avengers comes out, either what appears in that movie that we don't know about yet, or what is the tags in the end credits? I'm if, telling you, if I there think are, they, but I, I I'm putting dollars to donuts. I'm get, I'm making a guess that it may <clears> be completely wrong. So I don't have any insider information on this. But my guess is, inside, your tagline at the very end is going to be a Fantastic Four. It's going to be a – somebody ta- you're at least Here's expecting. your tagline. Cliff Barton – Clint Barton, sorry. Yeah. Playing the Fury role, walking into a darkened room. We don't know who's in there. He says, we're going to need your help. You see someone who's silhouetted up close against the camera. You can't tell who because they're in shadow. You know, they're, you're just seeing like at their waist. And you hear, what do you need, bub? Shink. Three claws. Boom. Yeah, yeah, I mean, boom, cut. There you go. Like that. You, you yep. got your end teaser that everyone loses their mind. I right? was thinking it would be more like he, something like that, but um, okay, what do you need? And they just show the four right on you got the that chest. Too. You yeah. know what I mean? Like just something like <clears> that, and they'd all be like, oh, you know, like I just, that would be so, to the, me the reveal I, that Fox After 10 has been years, and the way they're talking about how it all ends, yeah. I really think that this, if they're going to do a reveal in this movie to lead us to the next one, it has to be at that. Fist pump! Oh my God, they're doing it! Avengers level that we got. Oh, it's got to be. It's got to match that at the end of it. It absolutely has to be. Yeah, absolutely. I I think you're going to see Clint Burton walk into a room, and there's going to be a bald headed guy in a wheelchair, (laughs) and a super stretchy guy talking. Oh, okay. You think it's both? You think it's both? Yeah. Yeah. Just to kind of seal the deal completely. Well, go along with the Illuminati thing too. Oh yeah. (laughs) Okay. Yeah, Yeah, I guess that's true. So I mean, you know that. I'm not sure. I'm I'm just taking a guess at the stab in the dark on, on this whole new mutants thing. But that was my guess. And it that's makes why they push it back it a year and a half. It makes sense that you know if if they're not going to own this anymore, and all of a sudden they're saying it's going to be completely reshot, and it's going to take this much longer to come out. And what if they don't even I mean, own it by that point? That's the point. Part of me is saying here: Why would Fox <clears throat> invest this much money in reshoots? I mean, really? Why would they? You know? Yeah. Why would they push back? The Phoenix story. For, for, here's the thing. Reshoot 50% of a movie right. that's new mutants. Right. That's not even like <laughs> the, the hugest it's property. Not, it's not like it's an anchor property yeah. or something. You know what I mean? And if you're willing to push back the Phoenix, which I see is your anchor property, then you're willing to push anything back and it, maybe it's not as important. Well, as they're, they're, they're pushing the Phoenix back because that has a little bit of a horror element to it too. You're right. It, it's so true. Therefore, it could lead into the new mutants. It could. Yeah. So it'll be interesting to see how that but, all plays out. But I still think it's a, a death nail for both of them. I agree with you. I it's, think it's, it's getting pushed back. Yep. So. I, I think so too. Okay. This is the last one we got to talk about because this is huge. I mean, it, we, we can't avoid this one at all because, I mean, come on, we're, we're a whole podcast about Star Wars and we can't help it. And let's face it, we're all huge Star Wars fans here. So the second, it's the second trailer, correct? Yes. For, this is the second trailer. For the uh, Han Solo movie came out. Solo, a Star Wars story. 
Uh, so right off the bat, part of me is like bothered by it because it's not, it's not Star Wars music. Like I can't, no. you know what? And that's you, what bothers me. The only me. Star Wars music you hear is at the very end, right? Dun, 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 dun. And even that's very like uh, hyper stylized seventies yeah. guitar style. You know what I mean? It, it's Star Wars disco, <laughs> right? That's well, what it does we sound like the Star Wars. Thing. And you know what sounds stupid? I would have been okay with that. <laughs> I know that sounds dumb, but I would have been like Disco Star Wars, bring it on. I like I would have been okay with that. But this music does not seem to fit yeah. the trailer, and it's well, really obvious to me that okay. John Williams does not have his hand on it. So this how did the like. music start? Remember the, the first trailer? This is why it stands out to me. Both trailers started out different. How did the first trailer start out? I don't remember off the top of my head. It was a it was an electric guitar going, nah, nah, and it like roared. Oh yeah, this yeah. one is an acoustic going. So both of these have started off with a single guitar, or as you could say, a solo guitar. And I think that's on purpose. But now, now part of me also says, and you know, we've talked about. I have been searching for a long time, like why I never got into Rogue One, right? I think I figured it out the last time I watched it. It's the music. Yeah, you've said that you, the music. It's the music. I, it, it draws me out. Yeah. Can, can, can we have ba- banjos next time? Vader comes in. Obi-Wan. All of a sudden, Yoda shows up with a ukulele. Now, I have to admit, because this scene's sitting in front of me, I never... I didn't get the entire importance of this first opening two-second shot until right. we paused it until and we paused mentioned it, it. And I mentioned it. And it is a Star Destroyer being worked on because you see all the open plates. I got that part. I thought it was maybe just a unique-looking Star Destroyer. But then I noticed the sparks and stuff coming off it. And you noticed to the, the right bridge is, being... is not a building. It's the bridge being lifted and starting to brought up. They're assembling Star Destroyers, right. which is why I think this is Carillion. Right. I think you're right because weren't most of the Star Destroyers built on Corellia, right? Like they're Corellian Star Destroyers. So. They're Corellian cruisers. Corellian cruisers. So I'm pretty sure they I don't were know if put together I, I, on Corellia. I feel like the Empire is here controlling them, making them build stuff. Well, yeah. And it would make sense with the Chewbacca line because weren't they the ones enslaved to build the Star Destroyers? Well, Am they, I right with that? Well, I mean, like, Well, originally they, were, they built the Death Star. Right. That's true. No, uh, no. But they could have been the enslaved. Genosians built the Death Star. Right. Well, they, they the were retcon. enslaved to build it. <laughs> retcon. Yeah, true. All <laughs> retconned. So, legends. That's what it is. We, yeah, it's legend. It's part of the legend series. So, th- we keep doing this weird shot with his leg and the yeah, blaster. Yeah, you see the leg and the blaster like four times in the first. We're twenty two seconds in. I think you've seen it three or four. Are times. we trying to play him up as a cowboy? Oh, Did yeah. I miss oh, something there? Like, time. and why? Like, because that's who he. That was his character. Have you guys seen He's Han Solo as a cowboy? He's no. Oh, that's what he. He originally. Are yeah. you kidding? Yes, he really? came out. Originally, he came out in yes. the vest. The vest just was missing a star. Oh, yeah, I guess it that's was true. Just missing a black hat. A hat and a star, and he was a sheriff in the Old West Wait, with okay, a hanging, so, slung low gun. The so boots. ready for this? Because maybe I'm I'm younger than you guys. <laughs> and I'm being honest about this. Okay, I'm younger than you guys. I never made that connection. I saw him as a pirate. Right. Because they called him that. Right. But I never saw the... I saw a cowboy. <laughs> Always saw a cowboy. So now my brain goes, wait a minute. I'm seeing Han Solo in a different light completely yeah. altogether because I never yep. thought of him as a cowboy. And he's in the saloon. That's true. Yeah, he's in the saloon. That's the first place you see him. Right. He's very the, casual. The, the, the only thing the saloon or the cantina didn't have was dancing girls and all that. What does he do? No. What is he, how does he sit? Like most good cowboys with his back to back, the wall. Back to the wall. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Everything. Why didn't I ever pick up totally, on that even totally as an adult? Cow, he's totally a cowboy. Because <sighs> you don't watch westerns. I do, actually. That's the stupid <clears> thing. <throat> Come on, Gary. She wore a yellow ribbon, man. That's like my favorite <laughs> western movie ever. No, I'm sorry. 
What do you mean you're sorry? <laughs> hey, come on, that's a good film. I know it's a little uh, girlish, but it's a good film. I like. You know what's a I great? If we're talking westerns, I just want to go on a quick aside. Very underrated and still one of my favorites of all time. What's that? White Buffalo. Yes. With uh, yeah, Charles Bronson. I like White Buffalo. Such a darn good movie. It's got the legend of Crazy Horse mixed in yep. with it. And yep. Oh my God, yeah. they touch on so much. Yeah, and I well, and it's accurate. It's it's accurate information too. That's what I like about it. And the that. ending gets downright creepy. Yeah. Oh, that yeah. whole part with the White Buffalo gave mm-hmm. me like, terrified yeah. me as a kid. I couldn't go walking out and look down an empty <laughs> snowy street at night because I could see that thing coming at me. And that was scary. <laughs> so listeners out there, if you're younger or not into Westerns, Rent or find and stream The White Buffalo with Charles Bronson. It is a very good Western. And I got to admit, I got out of Westerns for a long time, a long time, until Kevin Costner's movie recently. Yep. Uh, what was that one? Dancing with Wolves? Nope. No, actually not Dancing with Wolves. Uh, open Range. Open Range. Oh, Thank yeah, you. that was a good one, too. That finally, I felt like that was the first Western that finally got back into the old spaghetti Westerns, like threw Un- it back to the Unforgiven. You know? Did it too. And um, I liked Unforgiven. I liked it a lot. Yes and no. There were parts of Unforgiven I didn't like, but most of Unforgiven yeah. I did like. But there were parts of it where I was going, I get eh. it. You know, okay. So going on with the solo movie. So it pretty. It seems like it's pretty obvious we're going to make a reference to the Sabak game that yeah. or Han Sabak, Sabak, Sabak however you pronounce it. That, that Han I think uses. those are all moisture evaporators we're seeing. You think so? Hang it. Uh, <laughs> That's a lot of moisture evaporators, but. I'm still going to have a hard time with seeing not seeing this girl as, as Daenerys. Daenerys. I really am. Well, we got Woody Harrelson. I'm going to be sitting there just going, you know. <laughs> I'm waiting for someone to tell him he can't jump. Right? Yeah. Well, I'm waiting for someone to ask him for a beer. <laughs> <laughs> so we're seeing all sorts of weird ships and whatnot in this. And we make a reference to an African-American woman. Yeah. And it's very casual. She's in the cups that's been released. Her name's right, on the yeah. cups from Denny's. I'm wondering if she's the... The wife of Han that's referenced in the comic books. Yeah. I'm just wondering if they if go that storyline. If they decide to go that route. Right there, I think they gave it away. There's the moment Han got his blaster. Do you think so? It was given to him by Woody Harrelson. Yeah. Which is kind of cool. It could be cool. I mean, yeah. it depends on the storyline, I guess. Chewie seems like he's supposed to be a comical character in this. Am I wrong? Like, he looks well, like no. he's supposed I mean, to be. I mean, he's the... doing he's doing what Chewie does, which is shake his head and make certain comments, and, yeah. and Han does the interpretation for us. So, Gary, you said in this scene here, you saw I, something. I, I'm, I'm just saying, you know, it looks it like might be. It, it could be a mythosaurus skull. Were mythosaurs that big, though? I guess I, that's the part I don't know. I don't know. That's, I guess that's something we'd have to research sometime. It's a myth. Ah, and a sore. <laughs> and obviously we see... We finally see Lando Calrissian, yeah. and that's played by <laughs> Daniel Glover. He's wearing the Joe Montana f- fur coat. He's going <laughs> 70s here. Come he, on. He is and he isn't. I don't know. He just doesn't... For some reason, he can't pull it off for fresh me. Out yeah. Notre, yeah. Fresh out of Notre Dame. <laughs> I guess it's the shirt. It's the cut of the shirt. It's not the shirt the, itself. The shirt but it's is the cut. Eight, here's the thing. The shirt is very eighties looking. Right. That's what I'm saying. And it does throw me off a little. Right. I see what you're saying. It right. looks like he because they want to give him the seventies cool man vibe, but he's wearing an eighties looking shirt. But right. here's the thing. You gotta remember, Empire Strikes Back was eighties. It was. Even though he gives off a cool seventies vibe. You know uh, what I'm saying? Like big Billy collar. B. You know what I mean? Like Billy yeah. B had the big collar. It, Here's how you could have fixed this, and this sounds really dumb. If the if the folded collar had been slightly bigger, mm-hmm. if you'd have had a flipped up collar behind that, well, he has some in some of this. It's yeah, but it's not big. You know what I mean? Right, like the big right. flipped up collar. And it's going to sound dumb, but I'm telling you, would have made a difference. Put it, put him in bell bottoms. Give him the well, bell bottoms. I, I, I would have been cool. I haven't with seen it. his feet yet, so I don't know. Uh, believe it or not, they're not. It's straight okay. leg pant, and that's that's the part where I'm like, oh come on. <laughs> you know, Chewie thought that was funny. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> there's the robot, and then there's a robot. And I forget the name of the robot. L3. L3. And here's my concern, and I voiced it to you guys before. Is the robot our new 
K2SO. Yeah. I think and, they're I think they're going for robots with attitude for a little while. We had the whiny C3PO, now they're going for attitude. But here's the interesting thing. They're only doing that in the one-offs. Mm-hmm. Is this going to be the new formula? I mean like in well, the one-offs are we going to have a robot one, that everybody thing, falls in love with? All know? the one-offs take place early on. Early on. And it's kind of I mean granted it's when droids were no longer allowed, but maybe droids used to be dicks. <laughs> well, like, <laughs> and that's yeah, why they're not understand. That's why he's like maybe no that's droids, why there's no, no droids, droids in anymore. here. <laughs> yeah, I guess that could be something. Maybe that's why there are no droids in bars anymore cuz they're what I'm wondering. jerks. They're jerks. In real life. <laughs> they cause fights in bars and they <laughs> talk about killing people. Like, I, I guess that's a valid point Eric I had never thought of before. <laughs> Get out of here. So as as the trailer goes on, we see more of the droid. We see the Falcon for the first time. Now, a lot of people are mad at the Falcon itself. They're like, oh, that's not the Falcon. And there's a lot of reasons they don't think it's the Falcon. And I'm trying to get back to that shot, so hang the on. The upper shot? Yeah. Boom. Yeah. A lot of people are like, wait a minute, it there's doesn't no have the cutout. There's no split. And the radar dish is all wrong. And, and I'm like, and there's no quad laser cannon on the top. I'm like, first off, remember, Han said it several occasions I made some. Modifications. I made several modifications to this yeah. ship. I'll guarantee the gun was one of them. I'm sure the quad laser is one. I'm sure the radar dish was another. Here's the other thing: a lot of people don't understand that's been told time and time again. This section of the ship that's missing is the transport pod. Right. Remember, Han ditched his cargo cargo in order to not be boarded by the empire that's supposedly where the, the cargo portion yeah. where it was held he keeps other stuff in the smuggling trays under underneath, the underneath the, halls, the, halls. the, the floors right. but but the big part of the cargo yeah. would have been there because where else would you put cargo in this thing well that's kind of where i've always been well, like I, I was always thought or was told that there used to be a ship that would load in that area with the cargo yeah, kind of, kind of like the uh, big cargo vessels in uh, Rebels and all that. Okay. Right, right. You know, they're kind of like ma- magnetically stuck on her. Right. But at the same time, look at the 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 ghost and all that. Right. You had the yeah. I almost want- is, uh, hooked onto it too. Right. I almost wonder if this had like both capabilities. Like you could grab just a small one, or you could go and get the big ship that's carrying all the cargo and do that too. Like. Why not give it both capabilities? Well, okay, well, for 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 a better understanding of what I'm th- um, what I'm trying to say is, yeah, the forklift on the back of the loads trucks that unloads the lumber and all that, yeah, that's what that thing is. Oh, okay, I get what you're it's saying. The forklift that goes right. into the, the cargo hold. Okay, yeah, and that makes sense to me. I'm cool with that. That that's fine. I just wish people would get off this idea that everything has to look exactly the way it did before. And so we see all sorts of cool things going on with this trailer. The the engines firing. I'm assuming for the first time. That's the other thing that's kind of weird. Is is the ship new or isn't it? You know what I mean? Like I think it's been around. I think we're just focusing on cool things. Like hey, we've never really shown a close up of the engines getting right. on. Let's do it because. Or we've never seen the Millennium Falcon not beaten a crud. Right. You know what right. I mean? So it's the first time we see it. Now Gary's favorite troopers right here in this maglev train thing which is is it the maglev trooper is that what it's called i think i don't know what they're called i think that's what they're called but, they're but, pretty cool yeah that's why i like them i like the fact that the train turns side to side yeah. I, I guess i never thought of that now here's kind of the it, it's turned side to side because it's going with the curvature of the, of the planet yeah <laughs> so yeah. the flat earthers can't have it <laughs> wow they can't ride it just train. slammed it down there go all the flat earth <laughs> listeners there it's there uh gary they won't listen to us anymore now oh yeah. <laughs> Besides, cats would have knocked everything. I love them. this costume here. I can't explain why I love this costume, but I love this costume. First off, she just looks like a badass. I mean, yeah. there's just no way around that. It's the cape. 
It, it might be the cape. You might be right, Gary. For the first time, I feel like it's a stylish cape that works. You know what I mean? We see an ATST that literally jumps down. Jumps down. <laughs> yeah, it shows that, it, that it's got. Now, Woody Harrelson's hairstyle. I gotta say, it's mean. I love it. It's great. Yeah, yeah it looks like your hair. Yeah, it exactly. Does. <laughs> it does. Somebody said that to me. They're like, "Dang, you got the Woody Harrelson cut." I'm like, "What?" They're like, "Watch a solo Star Wars movie." I know that. This is that. we're actually paused right in the part where he has a good line where he says, uh, "Never trust anyone, and you'll never be taken by surprise." Right. Yeah. Or I think anyone's going to betray you, and you'll never be surprised. Now we have this weird Wookiee yeah, interaction. Is that is that his wife? I'm wondering. Like, did you know? We know that he decides to go off with Han Solo because he owns the life debt. Does he say goodbye to his wife yeah. in this movie to do that? I mean, cool moments they could touch on. But th- there's a lot they could touch on now, here. Now, now the question is, is, when when does he have the uh, life debt? Yeah, I think he's going to save him from Empire enslavement. You think that's, that's what it is? That's what the Legends story yeah. is. I think he saves them from the train. From you think that? Oh, that's he's, the, hanging, oh. he's hanging out of the train and he right, right. in. Right, I get what you're saying. What about this cool weapon that gets used here? It's like a looks, looks like, like a knife almost, lightsaber dagger, like a lightsaber dagger. Yeah, you might be right. You know, it's got it's got like a brass knuckles look to yeah. it too. That's kind of cool. And I thought it was originally I thought it was the Woody Harrelson character, but it's the guy with the weird. That's actually Paul Bellamy. Is that Paul Bellamy? Yeah. Okay. Vision. Oh yeah, it is, isn't it? All sorts of cool scenes going on here. Chewie throwing people around. Grenades going off. Yeah, he would have fallen. He's saving him right there. So Yeah, maybe that's the light. You're right, Gary. I think you're right. So that's the I life don't know. Debt. See, that to me makes the story so much smaller. Yes. You say, life debt, saved from slavery of the empire. Life debt. I could have fallen off a spinning train, but he <laughs> caught me. I don't think those two have the same epic level. I, I agree with you there. I'll, I'll agree with you. What do you guys think? Does this make you want to go see the movie more? Like... Now that we've gotten a little bit more, like I'll give you the teaser trailer. It didn't give you much. I mean, it really was just kind of that, you know. It's got my curiosity up. Okay. More so than I have to go watch it. Yeah. Okay. So if we hadn't, if you hadn't seen this trailer, you might not have even wanted to go see it. I I was. But now you're kind of like, well, this may be interesting. Yeah. I I was very concerned with it right from the get go. Okay. Are you less concerned now or are you still concerned? I'm still concerned, but I'm still curious though. Okay. Trailers can make anything look good. So I can't say this saves the movie. Yeah. My biggest fear is even you think here's the part where they would find the best shots and the best voice inflections and everything to sell him as Han Solo. Mm -hmm. And I personally still don't see Han Solo walking around. I see a character in a sci-fi movie that that I then have to remind myself, oh, that's Han. Right. Oh, that he's with Chewie. Oh, that's right. It's Han. I don't, it keeps pulling me out. Now, maybe in context, the full performance I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to change it. you a little bit. But I, I think they could have found an actor who resembled him more. The face structure is so different yeah. that I don't – It I I wish to God they'd done it – we know what Harrison Ford looked like at that age. So right. to do this is recasting and you're basically almost rebooting saying, hey, here's our new Han Solo. And it, to me, doesn't sit well. I think that's the plan, though. It is. I they, really do. They want to do more with him, I'm sure. Right. I think they, they almost like the Han Solo trilogy books. You know what I mean? Maybe. They want to do a future movie where he fights Boba Fett. Right. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking, too. Mm-hmm. Like, introduce Boba Fett, then have a movie where the two of them fight each other. Yeah. And and I don't know. I I, I have mixed feelings about it. I told you guys, I, I'm actually all right with Aaron Ironreich in the idea that this is Han Solo before he gets the right as it were you know what i mean and i'm okay with that part of it that element of it the part i'm actually worried about is not him now after the trailer i'm actually worried about lando Mm -hmm. after this trailer like i don't think he's got enough uh 
Gravitas. Right. Vaudeville. You know, he just doesn't seem smooth enough, well, you know? But at the time, we, we really haven't seen much of him, though. You're right. There's not a lot there, but I'm just... I don't know. There's something about the way that he delivered Lando's line that made him feel smooth. You know, even when he's mad at Vader, he's still smooth. Right. You know what I mean? Like, And there's just something about the way Billy D delivered that, and I can't explain that. Even in the few lines we've seen here, and I'm not trying to knock Donald Glover. Or, uh, yeah. Yeah, Donald Glover. Uh, I'm not trying to knock him. I love him as an actor. I think he does a great job in a lot of things. I loved him in Community. I'm just not sure he's got the smooth factor to pull it off. Like you said earlier, you know, I, I can't picture him going, give me a Colt 45. You know, I just, it's just not there. I don't know. I don't get All it. I know is at some point in this movie, near the end, when they're buddies, I just want to see them both go, Han and Lando in the morning. <laughs> All right, so those were our thoughts on all three of our subjects. So that was the uh, Lord of the Rings TV show that got picked up by Amazon, the New Mutants change in date, and the Han Solo, a solo story Star Wars film. So we'd love to hear from you. So email us at galaxycast at gmail.com. Check us out on Twitter, on Facebook, and, of course, pay attention to our YouTube channel. And uh, we're still on Star Wars Rebels, folks. Believe it or not, we've not finished it up. But we're going to finish it, my gosh. Uh, We're going to finish up with the next episode of Star Wars Rebels. So we'll be back just after the break. Look, what's that ahead? Are those asteroids? No, they're commercials. We'll be right back. Don't be alarmed. It's only a laser sword fight. Don't be scared. It's only the Death Star destroying another world. Relax. It's only a movie, and it's all for fun. Director George Lucas and 20th Century Fox present... Star Wars. Rated PG. Parental guidance suggested. You love her. You cherish her. But let's face it, she's a lot. I can't eat anything here. Because she's provocative. Because she's magnetic. Because there's always something. There's nobody good here. You give her the sun, the moon, and the stars. But for now, give her something to distract her. Cartier presents the diamond-encrusted fidget spinner. 14-karat gold embedded with princess-cut diamonds designed to calm her because she, quote, has anxiety. So fast. You do you and her do that. I'm balancing it. She's vivacious. She's feisty. She told you she's thinking of opening a restaurant. And you're like, I guess. (laughs) Give her something to focus on because let's face it, She's been reading The Goldfinch for two years. She litters. She has to take cabs because her Uber rating is so low. When she's around gay men, it's exactly how you think it would be. And you know she's a completely different person with her family. Hi, Daddy. Intriguing, addictive, a way to pass the time. I'm talking about the fidget spinner. Hey, 
Can we go? I'm really sick. Hey. Okay. Cartier fidget spinner. Because God, the sex is good. This portion of the show is being brought to you by Ed's Almost Good Beer. Remember, Ed's Almost Good Beer was brewed in God's country when God wasn't looking. The Force is back. The Rebels won't tire till they see the last of the Empire. And Kenner's there with Star Wars Return of the Jedi Collection. It's Ewok Village. I must save my friends. And that's set. Dear me. It's C-3PO, Laugre, and Ewok Village playset. Action figures, each sold separately. You have to put it together. Your throne, O Golden King, will celebrate with special stew. A barbecue. No celebration for me until my friends are free. Ewok Village playset from Star Wars Return of the Jedi Collection. Action figures sold separately from Kenner. Do you own a business or a podcast? Are you looking for ways to expand the audience you reach? Then Star Productions could help you. Southern Tier Audio Recording Productions started off as a homegrown audio recording company, offering professional recordings for aspiring musicians. It is now a multifunctional business, offering DJ services, recording, and advertising services to those who own businesses and podcasts. Email us at galaxycast at gmail.com with the subject advertising if you are interested. We look forward to creating a professional commercial for you that can be used in this podcast or even at your local radio station. Many have exclaimed that our services are out of this world. Thank you for your patience during our galactic promotions. And now we return to the Galaxy Cast. Hey folks, welcome back to this episode of the Galaxy Cast where we made a strategic decision. We decided to watch two episodes of Star Wars Rebels. Ooh. 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 You see how I am? Excellent. Good choice. Well, we decided to watch two because, quite honestly, the two episodes, one leads right into the other. So it was kind of hard to watch one and kind of leave it in this weird spot and not going to the other one. So the two episodes we watched and we're talking about in conclusive order is Wolves and a Door and this one won't scroll. A world between worlds. Thank you. A World Between Worlds. So first episode, we basically discovered that there's a doorway to another dimension that we think anyway. And so they decide that they need to go check out the Jedi Temple here on Lothal, I was about to say Coruscant, that said, on Lothal, and check out why, you know, how to access this this doorway, because Ezra found this, at the end of the last episode, he found this... Well, the, the, the wolves gave him a stone. That's right, thank you, the wolves gave him a stone that was supposed to tell him something, and we weren't quite sure what it was. And that's when they think it goes back to the actual Jedi Temple itself there on Lothal. Now, this is the same temple that they raised, right, him and Kanan. Yep. Is that the one that, that Ahsoka got trapped in later? No, no, that was the jet, that was the Sith Temple on a different planet. That's right, it was a Sith Temple. Thank you. So I was trying to, you know, <laughs> some of that I was still trying to remember, like from one to the other. And that's the sad part is like these things are so non-memorable. They're bringing stuff up from previous parts of the seasons or even previous seasons, and I just don't simply remember them quite honestly because they're not memorable. So they go to the Jedi Temple, and that's when they discover that the Empire has been. I don't know, extracting it? I don't know what to... They've been esca- excavating. Excavating, I guess, I guess is the best way. It reminded me very much of an Indiana Jones-esque... Well, actually, it was definitely a tribute to uh, Close Encounters. 
Oh, so that's all true. these yeah, movies, all these yeah, movie yeah. tributes they've been doing. Yeah. At least the wolves in the door had a very close encounters heavy feel with the light. It was like the setup at the end where yep. the aliens are coming. Now that you to said the point, that. To the point where they used an exact line from Close Encounters. Did they really? They are in the background. If you're listening while they're talking, they uh, they call out all companies signal go by pressing twice on your talk or something like that. Yeah. There's a line in the background while they're setting up all of the stuff. They you hear him say press twice uh, to signal go uh, okay. in, in Close Encounters, and they do the exact same line in the background. I didn't of catch this episode. that. Oh yeah, it's exact. So uh-huh. it's totally a Close Encounters reference. Which I love that movie. So that, that's you know that's cool. The only thing we needed was the mashed potatoes. You know, yeah. like that would have been. <laughs> so they they get to the temple, and that's when they decide they need to get closer to this painting. Yep. And this painting is this infamous painting of the father, the son, and the daughter. Yes. And of course, the minute I saw it, and I knew Gary knew the same thing. It was a reference to the Mortis series from the Clone Wars. It was the reference to the the whole Mortis. So Gary, does this? Going back to the Mortis thing, you thought that entire Mortis thing was a dream, it was. right? That particular one was. According, yeah, according to what Clone Wars told us, is it possible it wasn't a dream now? Though, I mean, this implied that maybe it wasn't. That maybe Anakin ended up in that between world instead of it being a dream. Do you get what I'm saying? Is it a possibility that that we were wrong now, and Anakin was even wrong, and it, and it actually was a thing, and it actually did happen? I don't think that Anakin got stuck in it. I think Ahsoka was. Oh, I get what you're saying. And that was from Ahsoka's point of view. Okay. And actually, that that, that would play out well here, too. Right. Like, that, that whole idea. And Ahsoka seems very calm, cool, and collected about this between-worlds concept and this right. idea. So they tried to figure out how to get the actual doorway to change, I guess is the best way to put it. And that's when they discover that it's the hands of... The three Mortis people. Now, in the meantime, right, we cut rock, paper, scissors, like I said, because that's what it looked like, right? Yeah. And in the meantime, we find out there's this Minister Hayden that is trying to excavate the temple. And I thought this was kind of weird because don't you guys kind of feel like this guy came out of the middle of nowhere? I mean, like, and he's such a weird character. He feels very middle. He's uh, middle ages. He feels almost like a yeah. You know, like a priest from the Middle Ages exactly. or something. Exactly, and they that, were going for that. I think what it is is I think the Emperor is bringing in some of his... He's clearly got people who work for him who are more on the historical side of the, the Sith and the Jedi who do research, and this guy's coming in using that ability as the interpreter for the artworks and things to try and solve the riddle of this temple for the Emperor. Yeah, he reminded me of those acolytes that he had in uh, Empire City. I think it was Empire. Or Return of the Jedi, one of them. Mm. The ac- oh the Sith acolytes he had yeah. I get what you're saying, you know yeah the ones that were kind of um, they were consulting with him about different things right. right yeah I mean yeah I guess to an extent I but part of me sits here and says okay it's paintings right we're 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 interpreting paintings we're interpreting cultural paintings why not use Thrawn you know I think like, well I think Thrawn's uh, masterful with those he things. he is from a cultural and tactical. Point. But he doesn't care much and doesn't seem to have much knowledge about Sith and Jedi in terms of historical context and in terms of their legends and history. Okay. I'm sure he researches them, but he doesn't know the power of them. He's 
not in that realm. He is much more of a tactical. So you're saying this is kind of like a different uh, interpretation of it. He's not a specialist in this area. I okay. think this guy would be more of a specialist than Thrawn would be. So Thrawn is still off doing the tactical crush the rebels thing, and he would bring in one of these, we'll call him an acolyte, to do more of the legend interpretation from the, the Sith Jedi side. Okay. So what what now, are your guys' well, – go ahead. But, but before you go on f- further of that, if you're the Emperor, would you want Thrawn to look at this thing and uh, have him – well, I, I did think about that. You know, I'm not sure too. I'd want him to have the <laughs> yeah. have the power that this could potentially have. Well, you know? that, no, no, no. I mean, he could look at that painting. Yeah. And like Eric was saying, he's the tactical and the military part of, and cultural part of it. Mm-hmm. All right. Would you want him to tactically destroy or take you out if you're the emperor? Well, that's what I mean. Like this could be used against the emperor yeah, as opposed yeah. to yeah. Not with the the power, just what he can learn from the painting right. itself. I get what you're saying. What do you guys think about the way they got onto the base and got to the temple? The I don't fact mind they them, used the scouts. I don't uniforms. mind them using the scouts uniforms and stuff, but the moment you're in the actual pit with the painting, yeah. they needed to, and it's all about staging. They needed to set that up more and had thought a little bit. There must have been a way, so that could have been away from everyone's view. Right. So again, you didn't have all this taking place in a big open area on a wall that no one, it's the important thing that they're all studying and no one's looking at it for a good 10 minutes while Ezra does his thing. You know, it's like, once again, they just do stuff in the wide open and they don't, and it, it plays in later into the second episode when all these stormtroopers are shooting at him and they're in the wide open and no one's getting hit. They needed to set this painting, you know, back in a cave or just something to, to push it away so that this whole setup would have made more sense. To me, it would have made a lot of sense if they'd have put, like, if they'd have put the painting, like, by an entrance where they had to get into a yeah. little bit. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. It just, it, to have it just out in the open like this, like, anybody could have seen that from space for crying out loud. I mean, like, it. Well, obviously they didn't, because they well, I mean, I mean, but it it should have been that way, you know what I mean? I did think they were a little, uh, I don't know, overly dramatic, too, lighting up the lights and yeah. lighting up the painting and everything well, else. Well, I think that was all, again, when the lights turned on at the end of uh, Close Encounters. I think that was all true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I agree with you. It was a tribute <laughs> to that. But it was just a little, t- to me, seemed very overly dramatic, like overly done, and maybe maybe just a little step too far on that, you know? It's because of the music that I was playing. Yeah, yeah. Dramatic music, dramatic music. So what about the idea of how they opened the portal? The idea that they turned hands and the painting turned and shifted and the mortis thing shifted. I mean, what what'd you guys think of that? Was that... Was that an okay way to get the portal to open? I mean, it was just it was a MacGuffin. They yeah. need, they needed a a special secret handshake kind of thing. They needed yeah. a a passcode or the riddle you solve. And I don't think it was super well thought out. But the password is password. Yeah. <laughs> Speak, friend, and enter. <laughs> right, like I almost felt like it was a little bit like that too. Yeah. And I didn't like the fact that the loath wolves go running over, which yeah. I thought, okay, this is kind of cool. The loath wolves. I thought they were going to like stop and like, you know, almost like a dog pointer, you know, point towards them. No, they start circling. Yeah. I'm like, what? You know, like it just, that it, seemed a little it was, weird. It was strange. Yeah. It was almost like you almost needed elvish writing to appear and then have it open up. So then we get to that point where the magistrate has captured Sabine yeah. in, in the meantime. And they realize they've got an intruder. They start going after Ezra, who's now backed into the corner by the portal. And she yells at him, go. What? If you're a stormtrooper, why wouldn't you just shoot him right then and there? Right. Like, why would you let him jump unless, into unless the portal? There, unless there was an, uh, 
there's an edict keeping alive. The emperor wants them, or somebody he, wants he them. He didn't want to destroy the, the artwork. Behind. And that's the other thing. Yeah. yeah, don't shoot at the actual wall art. Is that what he said? No, but I would think that. Maybe. You don't want to shoot. It's we like, all know stormtroopers can't hit him anyway. This is true. So he's going to blow up the, cur- the painting. Yeah. So just... <laughs> shoot him. Yeah, basically. <laughs> now, if they said shoot the painting, then they could probably shoot Ezra. This yeah. is true, yeah. They would have hit him right between the eyes. Why didn't they ever figure that out? Like, tell him to shoot the other thing, and they will hit the thing you're not supposed to hit. So Ezra jumps into the, the portal, and that's pretty much the, the... It closes, and that's the end of the first half the of the stormtroopers run into the wall. Right. Look like idiots. Yeah. So the second episode, which is A World Between Worlds, and this is the one that kinda, I thought kind of got funky and kind of weird... What do you guys? What do you think the implication is of the world between worlds? Because there's a lot of interpretations out there on the internet that I've seen, and there's a lot of arguments about what it implies. So, what do you guys think it implies? This world between worlds, like what is as where is Ezra and what is he doing? What do you guys think? I don't. I don't know. I mean, I'm not <laughs> sure what you're going at here. Okay, Gary, do you have any ideas? I mean, like, I know it's been out there on the internet. I could give you guys that, I guess, but... I haven't read anything out, out, out there like that, but what I'm in- interpreting myself is that he's on the spiritual plane of the Force. Okay. So that anybody that can touch the Force could po- potentially go there mm-hmm. with the right handshake. Right. And, it it um, binds us all together. That's the touch point of everything. Right. Right, so you can meet any force user within that that other realm. Yeah, ready alive, for this, alive or dead. Right, and then you can pull, save people that are dead or whatever. You know what Dave Filoni has said it is, What's and this that? is the part that has everybody reeling right now. It's the ability to travel across time. Well, it, it clearly was that. I mean, that's that what it did. The portal can open and close at any given point in time, at any given point in space. And that the Jedi can travel across time. And so a lot of Star Wars fans went, what? You know, like they introducing time time travel into Star Wars. That we're introducing time travel, that we're suddenly Doctor Who or Back to the the Future. Basically, it's the TARDIS. Right, introduced into the Star Wars realm. Now, there's good and there's bad behind this. I mean, the good behind it is, think about all the things they could play with if Jedi can time travel. I mean, that's... I hate time travel when it's not... An unbelievably open scenario, right? I'm sorry, but when you're eight movies, multiple series, countless books into it, now you're going to introduce time travel. I'm like, no, no. And that's where a lot of Star Wars fans are like, wait a minute. This is a cheap way for somebody to go back and alter the entire Star Wars Mm -hmm. timeline. You could have somebody go back in time and... Not blow up the Death Star. You could have somebody go back in time and make Han and Leia not meet. You could go back in time and have Luke Skywalker never born. You could go back and... I mean, like, there's all sorts of... Right? Because if the Sith can access it, which it seems like Palpatine did... That's what they're trying to do, yeah. Right. Then there's an inordinate amount of things the Sith could be doing, too, playing around with... So I didn't when Filoni revealed that I was calling, kind of like, whoa, wait a minute, is that really That's true. And I mean, that's what he did. I mean, that's what he did. And but part of me is like did he say that for the shock value? You know what I mean? To prepare Star Wars fans for the idea or to see if they would be okay with it? Or I'm not sure. I don't know. No, it goes back to my theory with the Sonic screwdriver stuff. They, <laughs> they, they need to bring Ahsoka back somehow or And they use this as a way to do it. Right. So and they we, thought it'd be an amazing twist. What if Ezra saved her? Right, right. And it's time travel. <laughs> but it does kind of make sense because uh, Darth Maul's not dead. 
You right. Got, you got mechanical legs. They never really explain that. Right. Fully. Fully. So you think the emperor plucked him out and fixed him and dropped him immediately and it was like no time had passed and could have been. It left him on a junk planet somewhere. Yeah, why not? Some have even suggested that maybe Qui-Gon never dying. Yeah. Means that he was on the celestial plane this all this time. That he's actually been traveling around and giving advice through the portals. But part of me said, then why hasn't he appeared instead of just, you know what I mean? Like Ezra actually reached through the portal and used it. You know, others supposedly have reached through these portals and used it. Then why didn't that, why didn't, why didn't Qui-Gon do that? And if Yoda said, Hey, I've got um, a way for you to meditate to, I think he said it to Obi-Wan, right? To get, get in touch with, is it a possibility that he was showing him how to open a portal, right? You know, to get to get to this other realm. It'd be an interesting way to look at it. I just don't know if I like the idea of time travel it, it, in Star Wars. No, I it, just it it does it's too sci-fi. Yeah, for what is basically space opera, right? And I, I go one step further. We're now we're now garnering on the lines of Star Trek because if you remember, Star Trek didn't know what to do for for Star Trek Four. Because they wanted to do something cool, and but they wanted to modernize it, and they didn't. So what do they do? Well, if you pass close enough to a sun, you can go back in time if you if you're traveling at warp speed. But, so then that's how you get Star Trek Four. You but, know, but they've been doing that since the the '60s uh, original series too. So you're right; they, they have the old western. They yeah. they introduced it early on in the. It became part of the fabric of Star Trek. Star Trek, right? I hate it. In Star, I hate it in anything that's not. That's what I'm yeah, saying. I didn't like, like it in Back Star to Trek. The future, where it's right. specifically just about time travel. Right. If it's another type of sci-fi that they add it to, right? Like Doctor Who, it's the point of the story. It's the whole point of the story. Yeah. And but if they add it to something that already exists, and it's just you suddenly go, you've just destroyed everything that could ever be. It, your whole story falls apart. You know, it just. I agree with you. Okay, so what do you guys think of this idea that? Inside of this realm, Ezra follows, finds the owl, yep, and pulls Ahsoka out before Darth Vader can enter life. Yep. Good or bad? I, just, think? I think someone should have been there in white hair, going, "Great Scott, Ezra, we've got to go back and make your parents meet." <laughs> but I mean, like, I don't know. Like, was that a good moment or a bad moment, or should Ahsoka have died? Like, was she supposed? Here's to be the thing: we know she lived. We know moment. she lived because we saw her step out of the temple and then back in. At the end, where I know there's the whole thing, oh, she's a ghost, she's now trapped in the temple, she's like the the Inquisitor in the uh, Jedi Temple right. and is a, a spirit that's stuck there forever in some form. I think they could have found a million other ways that she escaped Darth Vader without bringing time travel into it. <laughs> I'm sorry. They just, there is infinite amount of story possibilities there that you could come up that would be cool that you didn't have to be, Ezra pulled her out and then she went back in and missed the whole collapsing of the temple and survived. Gary, what do you think? I mean, was that... I'm okay with the fact that he pulled her away from Vader, getting you know, killing her. But I don't like the the time travel part of it, like like Eric's saying. Yeah. Um. It, it could just be a thing where he he went into the temple and saw it, and, and then just saved her. That's all. Better right. with me. And part of me said I didn't like the fact that he could just reach in, pull her out, and pull her into this existential realm or whatever it is. You know what I would have been better with? What's that? They killed it by having him go over and being able to find and see Kanan on top of the thing. What if it only connected to all the other temples? Right. Then 
it, you can go to yeah. Sith and Jedi temples anywhere, but that's it. Now, all of a sudden, it's not time travel. It's just this kind of beyond time and space portal between temples. Right. So you're very limited in what you can't go back and stop Han and Leia from ever meeting because they're not in a temple. You can't, you're limited to where you can go and what you can do. And I would have been much happier with that. But the moment they said, oh, go over to this door and you can see where Kanan died. Right. And it's like, okay, now it is time travel. Now it's Doctor Who, go save anybody. So part of me said, actually, I- I'm going to go another way. I was okay with him reaching in and pulling out Ahsoka. So let's say he does that. But part of me wanted to say, okay, like any Back to the Future, time traveling, whatever, there's a sacrifice that has to be made. So if you're saving Ahsoka, then someone else has to be sacrificed in that moment. So part of me wanted to say a better way to have handled this was to say, okay, you saved Ahsoka. Now you got to let Kanan go. You can't go save him because you made the decision to save Ahsoka. And Ezra didn't know that. Like, he reaches in, he saves her, thinking he's doing the right thing. And then the light bulb moment, he could well, have saved his save yeah, for Kanan, is, you know? They escaped because the the Sith Temple, because Ahsoka fought Darth Vader and saved them. Right. They escaped the explosion because Kanan stayed and saved him. It's okay to save Ahsoka, but it's not okay to save Kanan. Right, now it's where it was kind of weird to me, now, right? Yeah, it's like, you know. Well, because uh, you didn't know if, the he didn't know if Ahsoka survived or not. Right at the at the Sith Temple, you, you, it wasn't a hundred percent clear. Right, I get that part from the storytelling element, but what I'm saying is, in terms of the logic behind it, why is it okay to save Ahsoka from her fate, but, but not, not okay, okay to, to save, save Kanan from, from his fate? Just because oh, he pushed them away and saved the you know if you don't, you'll die. There's got to be a timing thing. You 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 did the perfect timing to pull her out. There's got to be a timing thing to pull him out. It's it's just like no, you have to let him go. There was like the uh, rules aren't quite well. It, solid. Right. <laughs> but if you remember when you uh, the emperor's talking to the uh, inquisitor, whatever, or the uh, acolyte, um, he said that the death of Kanan altered the whole. Yeah, thing it didn't for, alter for, the timeline. Right. Correct. Yeah, altered the 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 force. The force for the Lothal and all that. So if you save him, then it's going to go right back to the way. The emperor had everything planned. What that, about this? Why. What about this idea that the Palpatine opened up a portal and was able to attack Ahsoka and I think, Ezra? I think it's because he was it. tracking Ezra. I think if Ezra wasn't in there, he couldn't get into the temple. But the you fact really that Ezra so? was in kind of was just like there was a sliver. Because he wasn't also in. Says, he was he was barely trying to get in, but okay. he wasn't there. But he does reach his hand through. The hand through, yeah. And so part of me says, well, wait a minute. Why didn't he just step in? He, did, and like, he reached his hand through when his stuff connected with Ezra. And when she broke it, his hand went back out. It, Ezra was oh, his connection point. So as long as Ezra was in there, he could get in. But when Ezra got out and left the temple, obviously it collapsed and all that stuff. But right. if Ezra wasn't in there, the emperor couldn't get in. He had that as kind of like a, okay, that's my wedge. It's already wedged open. I can reach in now using him. And I guess it would have been better if they'd explained, like, he can see into the Jedi realm, but can step into the Sith realm or something like that. Like I'd have been okay with the two celestial ideas, but it didn't seem like that's well, what they were uh, doing. Again, I like I like Eric's idea where uh, you can only go through temple to temple. I wish they'd right. done that. I'd be so right. much better. Right, with like this if they'd have said that, I'd have been like, okay, I'm cool with that. Yep, that's, because that's you know, it's not a time and space thing. The, that, it's just and that's the thing, and it just so happens that that's where Ahsoka would have died was in a temple. So he has that opportunity to save her. Right. Oh, that's great. That works out. You know, but you can't save Kanan because Kanan wasn't in a temple. When he, you can't. Right. So instead of it being about. It's just not right to grab him. It's you're not capable. It Correct. only yeah. is a connection between temples, and I would have been so much happier with that. Right. But 
it wouldn't have given you the closure they were looking for on Kanan at the end either. Kanan, you still had it when all they had to do was still do the stuff about his spirit's gone. We, we, we destroyed the temple, which is what we had to do to save everybody from this Can, power that Ezra, you know, that the emperor would have gotten. Kanan can I point away. out too the Kanan is the most um, celebrated person ever that had nothing to do with what they were doing. I mean, like, seriously, how many times have we now supposedly closed the book on Kanan? Right. This is, I think, episode three, where we've actually closed the book on Kanan. I'm like, all right, is it closed finally? Like, are we done grieving the death of Kanan? Like, I get the guy died, and I get he was a major part of the show, and oh, boo-hoo. But, like, part of me is kind of like, we've done this now for three episodes. Can we be done yeah. with Kanan? Because every time Ezra is in angst, we go right back to him. And I just, I don't get that part of it. Right. I, right. I don't know. Maybe it's because I'm like Gary and I was too well, happy that's to like see saying, him die. You know you, what I mean? Are, would you also say, geez, Obi-Wan's back now in Return of the Jedi. He died two movies ago. Can we leave him out of it? You know, is that kind of the same thing in a way? It could be. I mean. But were you okay with Obi-Wan showing up on Dagobah and telling him about his sister and all that? Well, the, the thing with Obi-Wan is uh, he was a spirit. Right. Right. He wasn't really, he was talking with Luke, but he wasn't having a direct impact. You know what I'm saying? Like it. And I think he told him who his, who his sister was. Well, <laughs> that's Luke, Luke had to come to that conclusion on his own. Yeah, and, and, and the thing with Obi Wan being a ghost and all that, uh, you're not trying to close the book on Obi Wan, right? Where they're trying, right, right. They're, they're they're trying to deal with the fact that Kanan's dead. Yeah, my only point was. You know, a major character dies. I think it's okay for a couple episodes to pass where it kind of is a wind down of that storyline. And right. you get the sense of grieving and you get the sense of loss. I th- if they had just stopped after, you know, done one more episode, maybe mentioned him and then left it alone, I kind of would have been like, wow, they let him go really easy. I so get what you're I'm, saying. I'm okay with it drifting a little bit. I understand what you're saying. It's kind of like these false endings. Right. But I, I think the amount of time they're doing it's okay. I just think they could have done it differently. Yeah. Now, what, why don't Ezra come out and say that Doom the Wolf is actually Kanan. I don't know. Why don't you just come out and say that? He didn't even seem to think it himself. He kind of said, you know, why is this uh, 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 Why is this wolf named Doom and Kanan named Doom? And all she said was, well, maybe it's his spirit guide type thing, you know, connecting to it. Yeah. Well, right. even Ahsoka doesn't quite say it's Kanan. Yeah. Well, maybe he's spiritually connected. I, no, to me, he is Kanan. Like, I, why can't we just come out and say that? Like, why is that a bad thing? I... I I don't think they want – I think they're trying to be ambiguous about it. I think they want you mm-hmm. to make your own interpretation. Was it him directly or was it an animal that was spiritually connected to him? Like they, you know, he could reach back through that animal to well, make a connection. I guess it destroys the whole midi-chlorians but here's concept the altogether. What about so. the, what about the uh, owl? If, if Ahsoka died, would that owl be her kind of loath wolf? She could come back right. through, that, through owl that owl and, kind of con- and con- connect with people. I think, it, I think they're trying to say that there are – animal connections to the Jedi that or that maybe back. even certain Jedi have a better spiritual connection to animals well, kind of like some are farmers some have that connection to animals right, right? like my, my, my whole theory is if you die on Lothal I become a wolf yeah I know <laughs> it's possible yeah that or you, if you're a really it, bad it, Jedi you became one of the wolf cats it, it, it <laughs> Well, <laughs> if you're a Jedi and you die on Wolf Law, you become a wolf. Yeah. Well, and that would be explained. Or, I'm sorry, the, uh, wolf Wolf. Right. That would explain wolf, all wolf. the Loth Wolves that yeah. aren't Earth Wolves there. Um, what about the other part? So we're talking, we're all about this existential thing, right? We haven't even talked about the other half of the story, which is the fight between Hera and uh, Zeb and the Empire with the second half of the episode. I mean, it really, 
I didn't care about it. Like, is that I mean, crazy? I like, like, I like the visuals of them uh, using the engines of the thing right of the mobile and, f- and platform it, and flipping and in. her sliding out as her escape and yeah. like taking the one guard out as she slid. I thought yeah. that was pretty good, but then I hated it once they were outside the thing because right. they're in wide open again, taking out multiple mm-hmm. stormtroopers with perfect shots, and no one can touch them. And nobody pays attention to the droid who goes yeah. and gets an excavation machine and starts attacking them. I mean, like. Yeah. I, I don't know that whole again. You talk about blocking all the time, things that pull you out of Star Wars. It totally didn't. This totally both pulled episodes. me out. Right, like in both episodes, the blocking was terrible again. Well, that, that's why every Star Wars video game I play now, I, yeah. sh- I shoot and kill the door- uh, droids first because <laughs> they could turn on you. Because <laughs> you never know when you're going to pull out an excavator and start exactly. attacking you. You know, it, it just that yeah. whole section. I just felt like. It was just there as like salad dressing to the actual salad. You yeah. know, it, it just didn't really. They're like, do we, much, we need but... this dual. It's like it's always you have to kind of tell two coinciding stories at once for the increased action and tension, the timing right. of him escaping with the timing of them escaping and ending up together and stuff. And you got to do all that. I get it, but you got to do it well. <laughs> Where I got to say this if this had been the Clone Wars, and I'm serious about this, they would have had the fight outside. Ezra would have gone into the portal. That would have been a whole episode. That part alone. And then maybe he would have come out and the, at the end of the episode met up with the clones on the other side and be like, dude, you should have seen what happened when you were out th- when you were in there. We don't talk about it and we leave. You know what I mean? Like it didn't have to be – we didn't have to keep cutting away to see that. Mm. We could have spent more time on the existential thing and why they were there. Yeah. Why Palpatine was trying to pull them out. Like what was the deal there? Like, well, What would have been really good is if they – all three of them, Palpatine, Ahsoka, and Drew, all got together in that realm – and they had to play a game to get out of it. Oh, like a mental game to get out? No, like, like in Bill and Ted's... Uh, oh, jeez, okay, stranger. I get what you're going, okay. <laughs> Best three out of five. <laughs> <laughs> no way, dude! You sank my battleship. <laughs> so how about... You have sunk my battleship. <laughs> <laughs> how about the end of the episode? Watching the Doom Loth Wolf go off into the light, and... Ezra say, basically says goodbye and, and 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 walks away. Is is that? I mean, was it a great visual? I, I guess that's. It was okay. I mean, it had a little impact. I think for people who are more into the characters and into the show, that was probably really strong. We've. That's been, where a lot of my friends so, were like, "Oh, he cried," yeah. and I was kind of like, been "So I'm like, cynical. did I miss something? <laughs> Maybe I missed something there." I, I think know. our cynicism kept Maybe. us from really feeling anything there. Um, we're more like, "Okay, good, Kanan's done." I kind of like, I was like, all right, that book's wrapped up. Let's move on to the next. You know, like I was, I was, and maybe you're right. It is the cynicism in me, but part of me was also just kind of like, we, I just felt like, okay, we closed the book. Yay. Now what? You know, like it just, I don't know. It it felt awkward actually in a way to the way they they closed it. They could have done it in such a better way. To me, having Kanan as a force ghost would have been really cool. And he was a force ghost at one point. He, that, it was a nice touch when he touched her shoulder and we saw Correct. him. Correct. Yeah. you're not sure if that was a force ghost or her just imagining him I there. think she was imagining him. I think, was, I think he was actually there. Okay. You think he was actually there? Oh, yeah. I, th- I, w- I think he was a force ghost. He would have been blue and see-through like we would have seen not with any other force it's, ghost. This is the cartoon, though. I know. I know what and, you get. And, and you got to look at the, um, the last Jedi there. There were... Um, Leia did her Mary Poppins and all that. I still think she's dead. She she died when she went out. In <laughs> she's projecting the whole time. Yeah, uh, you know, I just I don't know. It'll be it. I don't know. And, and, it, and this episode does explain that a little bit too, because she could have been in in an alternate realm. Well, that and um, Luke being on Octu, yeah, and fighting Kylo Ren. Yes. I get what you're saying. So. Did you see that one post someone did? And I thought it was a nice little wrap up where they said. 
you know, the story of Luke and Leia started with a projection of Leia seeking Luke yeah. for help. The story ends with, with a projection, projection of, of Luke coming to help, to help Leia. Leia. Oh, that's true. Yeah, that's kind of cool, actually. Yeah. Maybe Rian Johnson was thinking that through. And if that that's a nice symbolism, if that's the case. Just would have been nice if he told some people. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> so I guess we'll rate these two episodes. We want to do them as like one because I kind of feel like they're two storylines. It story feels like one. it's it feels like it's one big piece. Okay, so, so we'll do a zero. Don't bother. Ten being a must see. Uh, and you want to go first on this one? You can go first, Bob. You want me to go first? Yeah. All right. I would actually rate this uh, about a seven, uh, probably higher than you guys thought I would rate it. But I, I liked the the symbolism, you know, the characters and the hands and all that kind of stuff. I liked the fact that we made the Mortis references. Uh, the existential realm, I liked the concept of it. I don't like the time travel part. I wish Filoni would have just shut up about that. Um, if he hadn't said anything about that, I think Star Wars fans would have been okay with it. Uh, I actually liked the fact that the Emperor was trying to pull them out and all the evil stuff that was going on there. I almost wanted Ezra to get captured by the Emperor yeah. so he could turn him at some point. You know, It would have been kind of cool. Um, the, the three points of dinging is just the fact that everything else outside of that really didn't matter to me. It, it right. didn't... Um, did it push the story forward? Yeah, I actually think it did push the story forward. The idea that the Jedi can do this. Uh, we finally get to see what happens to Ahsoka. Um, you know, you want to know her, her end line now because she got out of a portal. We, we know. Um, I know what happens, but I, don't, I won't give that away. It happens in the next episodes. But, you know, you want to know more about, about Ahsoka now. Um, it saved Ahsoka to an extent. Uh, I liked that we now understand the connection between the owl and Ahsoka, remember, yeah. we always talked about, like, what is this stupid owl for? We finally get some answers for some things that we've been looking for. I still think there's this question about the Mortis people in general, though. Like, what, what's the goal? Like, that's still out there now, you know? And it seems like Filoni left that there on purpose, so later he could dabble in it again if he wanted to. You well, know? It, it goes to the fact that you got the Sith, which is the brother, the right, Jedi, the, the which Jedi was is the sister. sister, and then now the, the Grey... Right, the father who's gray in the middle. Yeah, I get get what you're saying, Gary. And it's the three-in-one thing from Christianity, too. It's all there. Uh, And um, the symbolism that the light side opens the door, the dark dark side side closes closes the the door. door. Right. So, you know, there's a lot of cool little things like that in here. Uh, I can't give it more than a seven, though, because it just – there were some things that just didn't make any sense at all. Yeah. So, Eric, what would you give this one? I was exactly – I mean, you've almost stated everything I was just going to state. I was going (laughs) to give the exact same number, a seven. Okay. Uh, Overall and the importance of the story, it's very important. I mean, it's wrapping up the series. It's telling us um, some major things that they're trying to add to the mythology of the Jedi and the temples. It tells us what happened to Ahsoka. That's, again, very important. It it has a lot of valuable information in it that it gives us. The way it gives us that information leaves – stuff to be desired the section inside the portal i agree with you i would have been i still think the solution to that was just make it this is a connection between temples Temples, at any time you still could have the time thing right but you're very limited because it only takes you to other temples and the thing is you can't get out of those temples you can just go to other temples at other times it's it it just feels like that they could all be naturally connected by some by the force and that's what you're doing you're traveling between temples i'd have been fine with that and that's a nice way to save Ahsoka without being able to time travel anywhere and do anything. And then, the like you said, everything outside in the pit was just horribly choreographed. The fight scenes and the blaster battles were just atrocious. You know, yeah. nothing, nothing organized well except for the flipping of their headquarters, which was a nice touch. But and their escape and everything was clumsy. And so the whole thing to me was some neat information. 
packaged in a, you know, wrapped in newspaper and taped badly. It, it's kind of like that's how it was given to us. So Poorly packaged I'll Christmas give it, package. I'll give it a seven. Okay. Gary, what would you give this one? I'm in agreement with all of you. Wow. We're all on the same page for Wow. Once. Yep. That, like, never happens. It's Friday the 13th. There it is. Right there it is. You, you, uh, <laughs> As we're recording this, by the way. Y'all hit, hit it on the head with what you guys are saying. Yeah. I agree with it at all. I just wish they did a little more explaining the whole... Existential other, area, right? Other world, yeah. yeah. It's almost like they need to do a whole book on just that. Like, what's the point behind and, it and purpose behind yeah. it? And the one thing I did like, if, if I'd have to watch the episode again and just listen to that entrance and all that because you got Obi- the old Obi-Wan's yep. voice. I think you had Qui-Gon in You got Qui-Gon. Way. You definitely had Leia. You got Leia. You got... There's Ahsoka. Uh, Ahsoka. I you, think you had the Emperor yep. at certain points. Yep. You had Anakin and Vader. Yeah, right. Both, both, versions, both versions. Right. And um, I don't know if... Yoda. There, uh, yeah. I don't know if there was a Luke or not, but yeah. there could have been. There was, was a lot of... the only one I didn't hear because I've heard it several times right. now watching it with different people. I've not... We didn't hear Luke at all. There was no Mace Windu. I was that kind of surprised yeah. me too. Like as powerful as Mace was, you would have thought he'd have been a, a Mace force was, for Mace information. Mace was powerful, too. but he was very stubborn. I feel like he might not have connected as well with this kind of stuff. Maybe he's, he's not dead. He's not dead. Or that's true, Gary. That's <laughs> but there, true. Yes, I think some. What's if he's on the existential yeah. plane right now? That that's another person that could be out there in this plane. Right. You know, because he goes out the window, someone reaches and grabs him, pulls him back. <laughs> yeah, he never even hit the ground. Yeah, that's me. Yeah, I, I grab him. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so that's what we thought about these two episodes of Star Wars Rebels. We'd love to hear from you, so head on over to our website, galaxycast.com, or go to our uh, email address, galaxycast at gmail.com, hit us up on Twitter, find us on YouTube, find us on Facebook. I think I hit them all, right? There we go. And so uh, we'd love to hear from you and your thoughts on Star Wars Rebels. As we like to say here in the Star Production Studios, may, may the Force be with those who listen. To Jag Killer. Thank you for taking the time to listen to our podcast. We hope you enjoyed this show. Were it not for you, our loyal listeners, this show would not exist. We appreciate your time and want to hear from all of you, since our podcast is by fans and for fans. Head on over to our website at galaxycast.com to find out more about our show. Write to the show by sending an email to galaxycast at gmail.com. If you have something positive to say, use the subject line, We so like and use a show. If you have a complaint, make your subject line, You've failed me for the last time. And look for the Galaxy Cast on social media, including Facebook, Twitter, and other media soon to come. Carry on, wayward travelers. Warp Factor 2. First star to the left, straight on till morning.